and thank you for everyone helping me in the background. Hey, everybody, what you? Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you. My name is Mike G, and uh, I'm an alcoholic um, and uh, a bunch of other things. Uh, the funny thing about <clears throat> this program, when you identify as you know such or any of these twelve-step programs, it's like the the um, the science-based ones or evidence-based ones that aren't sort of quasi-religious or based on that kind of thing. They don't identify themselves as such, you know. So one of the things that I've been doing since I uh, have been going to secular meetings um, is uh, because of all the literature that's out there, I, I've had um, a lot of opportunities to sort of uh, pick apart the program, dissect it. And, um, you know, if the program of AA, you know, is solid, then, you know, I should be able to do that and, and um, come away with, with what I need and what works for me. And <clears throat> I mean, uh, I think most of you heard my story a time or two and I'll probably dip into it, but I'm, I don't know. I think I'm going to take a, a sort of a sideways approach to this where I'm going to talk about the, uh, the 12 steps a lot and um, you know, what they are, what they mean, what they can be. Um, I'm not going to go into a history deal, um, <clears throat> but uh, I will, uh, you know, kind of ping off them in, into my experience. So uh, I got sober uh, January 18th of 1988. So um, that would be 35 years for me this year. And um, in, uh, in five days, four days, um, <clears throat> May 31st, I'll have uh, three years off of uh, nicotine. And uh, funny story about nicotine. Um, I, um, I, I quit smoking. Well, I started later than everyone with everything, you know, drinking, smoking, dope and everything. And, um, uh, but once I knew I had a kid on the way, I thought, well, I should quit, you know, and, and uh, I did for 25 years. And then I, I picked him up again because I forgot that I was addicted to nicotine. And, uh, um, it's funny because, <clears throat> you know, we talk about alcohol in the same kind of way, you know, how, how there's a story in the big book, um, in more about alcoholism that, that is one of my favorite. It's about our friend, Jim. And now he, he was still early in sobriety and that, you know, but th that, that fog, that I don't know what it is, but, but all of a sudden you ever wake up one day and you just don't know who the fuck you are. I mean, he's just like, what, what, what? I mean, that can happen at any time. And <clears throat> so he, um, all of a sudden the, the thought came to him that, uh, you know, he was having a lunch. He was sober. He was doing a, um, you know, sales gig or whatever. And he, um, uh, had a milk and a sandwich and he thought, you know, a shot of whiskey in this wouldn't be so bad. And, um, you know, and then he was off and running. Um, and that was what I thought. I said, well, you know, a cigarillo on the way home from work, you know, summer, Atlanta, driving shit. Uh, it'd be nice. And within a couple of weeks, I was back to, you know, smoking as I, not as I used to, about half as much. And and that's what happened too. When I, <clears throat> when I quit drinking a couple of times before this last time, I did slow down a lot. In other words, I think for me, it was me sort of winding down. I had already had my arrests and my, you know, I can't I mean, I had, I had all that stuff. So I was just at that point, I was kind of just using it to be a little bit numb 
Um, and, uh, but eventually, um, enough pain. And this is how it works for me. Um, it worked this way with cigarettes and it worked this way with drinking where the pain of quitting and going through that is not as bad as the pain that I'm experiencing at the moment. Um, <clears throat> so having said that, I'm going to um, go back a little bit, just a bit of uh, history here for me. I was um, born in LA, uh, lived there for about five or six years, sensitive kid, um, adopted. Um, I know about adoption. A lot of, a lot of people, um, their experience or their belief, maybe, I'm not sure what it is, but that being adopted is traumatic. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't have that experience for me. It's, it's a uh, fucking freedom. It means I'm not related to the people that brought me up. Um, uh, I love them dearly, but they're, uh, terminally uninteresting. Um, and that's one of the things that I, um, I have little tolerance for things that are uninteresting to me <laughs> anyway. So, uh, um, <clears throat> one thing I do want to share, <clears throat> nicotine anonymous is pretty cool and they have this slogan, um, which is really awesome. And, and I don't know why the AA people haven't picked it up. Of course it was started by a bunch of AA folks anyway, but, um, it's this slogan, which is if you romance it, you chance it. And that is true with cigarettes. And it is true with drinking. If you romance, and you know, in the big book and the 12 and 12 talk about it, you know, the situations, the things, you know, whatever it is, the used to be's, um, something Bob Dylan said was uh, something along the lines of, uh, um, we can, we can go back, but we can't go all the way back. Um, uh, he says a lot of good things, but, uh, <clears throat> Step one, uh, which is that you admitted you're powerless. Um, and, you know, when, when I first came in, uh, I saw the steps. I didn't know what was going on. It wasn't really until I came in this last time that and I had been sober for at least a couple of weeks or so that I started to, you know, and I really had the feeling like this time it's, it's, I'm doing it. Um, <clears throat> I started reading the big book. Didn't have a sponsor for uh, probably a few weeks, and um, I uh, couldn't make a lot of sense of it, but I like the stories in the back, and it reminded me of a book that I had before I quit drinking. It was It's a book by Dennis Holy called The Courage to Change, and um, it had a bunch of stories of famous people like fucking Pete Townsend, Grace Slick, I mean, uh, a bunch of folks, newscasters, blah, 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 um, and they're and they're trials and tribulations with alcohol and getting off of it, you know? And to me, that's just like the stories in the big book, but it, it, it was even more impactful for me because like, wow, you know, these are heroes of mine and it just pings on this fact. And, and, and they talk about it in Ernie Kurtz's book, the spirituality of imperfection is, is fucking awesome because it talks about storytelling and storytelling is what it's all about. And one alcoholic talking to another alcoholic is what it's all about. The rest is just, you know, uh, well, that's mostly what it's all about. I was going to say the rest is gravy, but uh, uh, or window dressing, but that isn't necessarily true because when I came in, I worked the steps as written, 
I didn't know there was any other way to do them. I picked a sponsor who was, uh, I mean, he was on fire. He was enthusiastic. Um, and, uh, he was also a musician. And, uh, so we, we connected, um, and, uh, his sponsor and me and a couple other guys in the, in the sponsor crew, you know, we all sort of hung out together and went to each other's houses. And so early on, what worked for me was a running crew. Definitely a good thing for me. Um, we hung out together, you know, we, it's not like we kept each other accountable, but it was sort of like we were, we were going through the same thing and, you know, learning the language and, and, and spouting the, the uh, slogans and stuff like that. It was, we were inculcating uh, ourselves, um, you know, kind of like if you join a new religion or if you join a cult or if you uh, join the military or, you know, any kind of a thing where, or, you know, some, uh, you know, you get into yoga or, or, or oriental or any kind of martial arts where you got these phrases, you got these things, you got to learn them and stuff like that, you know, um, <clears throat> becoming familiar with them. And, and, and that was, it was fun. It was, uh, I did it before in a very peripheral way. Um, and I wouldn't even take what I needed and leave the rest. I was, I was kind of like, not really sure. Um, cause I was young, you know, I figured I still got, I got, I still got a few years in me. Um, it's just that this last time, what, what happened to me was I, um, I got to a point, uh, where I was a couple, couple weeks in and, um, I had all these emotions were coming because I didn't have the anesthetic. This is the first rush of emotions. And I went out to a balcony or a set of steps. I was a telemarketer and um, I just couldn't perform my job for a few minutes. I took a break, went out and um, I, I, I prayed to a God that I wasn't sure was there or wasn't sure. Cause I mean, I was a, I, you know, I was a skeptic. I, I, I had taken classes in, in mythology and, and, um, you know, so I, I was not a believer, uh, at all, but at the same time, I had been picked up by a bunch of born again, Christians, you know, hitchhiking over the years. So one of the songs I wrote was, I can't understand why the man with the plan doesn't make himself obvious to me. You know, it's sort of like, Hey dude, you're ghosting me. You know, if you're fucking there, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to go along, but I, you know, I got nothing to go with. Um, and all the people it's like what Homer Simpson said, when uh, Marge wanted him to go to church, you know, homie, aren't you going to go to church? Well, what if we pick the wrong religion? We're making God matter every week. And there was, it was important for me to do the right, to go along the right way, to do the right thing. Like when I, when I started college, I fucked up mostly. I took mostly, you know, electives because I didn't know what course I wanted to go on, you know, and, and I thought you had to know. I thought everybody else knew what they were going to do and all that. It wasn't until years later that someone told me a story about them like, oh, yeah, you know, I was into this thing. And then the, the teacher wasn't there. So I went with my friend to this other class uh, and I ended up, you know, being an accountant, you know. Um, so, you know, life has its twists and turns. I didn't know that. Um, but uh, so I, I was out there on the on this back step deal. And I uh, um, I had heard about the compulsion being taken away. So I figured, well, that's my thing. I'll do that. Um, you know, if you're out there, whatever, you know, I, I just, I need this compulsion thing taken away because it'll, it'll just make it a lot easier for me. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and within a few weeks, I noticed that, that, um, you know, coming out of a meeting, instead of saying, well, ordinarily I, I would 
drink now, but I'm, I can't. I was saying, ordinarily, I, I would drink now, but I don't want to. And that was, that was revelatory for me. Um, and at the time, here's this little thing that I think of as like attribution. Because I was running with the, with the Godfathers and all that whatnot, I was, you know, I figured, well, that's God answering a prayer. You know, and, uh, you know, to the believer, that's true. And uh, I have a friend who <laughs> I used to think that there there is actually a, a truth with a capital T and that um, uh, so that if people would just see it, it doesn't have to be my truth, but it's like it just see it the way it is. But I'm like, yeah, existence is what it is. But but our implication, our, our, our interpretations of it are are different and they're based on all of our lives, uh, baggage and filters and all that kind of thing. And with that dress thing, even, you know. Is it white and gold or is it blue and black? You know, we're not seeing the same fucking thing for a lot of different reasons. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I just think it's it's fucking amazing that we can actually communicate at all, to be quite quite honest with you. Um, I'm digressing a bit. Uh, so I attributed or attributed uh, it at that time to, uh, you know, my higher power um, doing that thing. Uh, upon reflection now, and, you know, I've been doing this a whole lot uh, with a God for uh, a number of years and without for a number of years. And um, I think that uh, what happened was I was at a place where the willingness quotient, or I don't know if you think of it as a scale, it tipped to the one way where things just became different. And I was just, you know, I was in, in it to win it. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, there's there's a bunch of different things that that I, I I take a more practical approach now, and speaking of practical, you know Jeff Munn came out with his book a couple of years back or so, um, nineteen I think it was eighteen nineteen, um, yeah, that's one of the best. You know uh, I I I think that for secular folks, you know using that as a big book or a supplement to whichever um, could be could be beneficial. But um, for me, I use the regular big book. Went to 12 and 12 meetings, you know, so I became a little bit more into it and um, going to meetings after the meetings and, and um, you know, all this type of stuff. So I was immersed. And so step one, where you admit you're powerless over alcohol and your life is unmanageable. Um, that was a, that was that was what I needed to do. Um, it's not about admitting I was an alcoholic. <clears throat> I mean. I fucking knew that for years. I was kind of proud of it, you know, um, musician, you know, whatever, alcohol, you know, all my heroes, most of whom are dead. Um, that's the thing. If, if you look back at any of the 60s, 70s people, uh, they're either dead or they got sober. That is pretty much the deal. Um, there's probably a small few who were partying was like a phase. You know, I know a few of those people. I, I knew them in high school. <clears throat> I don't understand it. Um, but uh, now step two. came to believe, you know, uh, that a power greater than me, you know, I did it the traditional way. Um, for me now, I have a sort of a newer take on that. Um, yeah. And I'll talk about a higher power. Let me do this. A friend of mine recently went through the 12 and 12 and the big book. And we just sort of, it's not like we critiqued it, but we said, well, you know, this part's shit. This part is fucking gold, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, because they knew only a little. And the dudes that wrote the big book, you know, I mean, one was sober for maybe three and a half, four years. The rest of them were pretty green. And like there were three or four of them. 
So if we had said, Hey, dudes, dudettes over there, um, three years, two years, one year. Hey, can you write a book about how all this works? Yeah. I don't know how many of us would be enthusiastic about that, but I mean, to be fair, they, they had a little bit more experience and they knew some scientists and doctors and whatnot, but anyway, so, um, I, I and my friend together came up with a version of the 12 steps that we could live with. It was palatable to both of us. It's like, normally I don't write songs with other people, but it can be really cool if you do, because there's, there's stuff there's, there's, you know, it's like the Beatles, you know, the, the, <clears throat> the whole is greater than the sum of the parts oftentimes. Anyway. So for, for step one, it was basically uh, the current process is untenable and unsustainable. And uh, that to me is the essence of what step one is. Stop. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> the current process is untenable and unsustainable. So, and the second step <clears throat> is uh, I believe I can change, but need help to do it. So it doesn't mention anything about a higher power or power greater than myself or anything like that, because I fucking played around with this for years because of the fucking Kool-Aid, because I was like, oh, well, you got to have a higher power of some sort. I mean, you can't do it without a higher power. I know, you know, there's some atheist friends of mine maintain that. I'm like, cool, man, if you, that's what you want to do, I, I support that 100%. Um, I'm asking myself this, knowing that it was written with, you know, from this perspective, why do I need to actually accept that premise? Let me play around with this a little bit. And I did the same thing with, with religion. Um, eventually, you know, life had bitch slapped me enough that I was at a place at, at uh, 20 and 30 years sober, you know, where I was like, uh, I thought I knew what was going on. You know, I thought that the whole point about, you know, being alive and being a man and being a leader and being a father and being a whatever is that, you know, what's going on. And, um, you know, uh, but I realized nobody fucking knows what's going on. They're just pretending. So <clears throat> that is a, is a level set. You know, I have a lot of these level sets that uh, philosophically or, or contemplatively I've, I've gotten myself to, which are tools that I use to basically not make me feel like shit on a day-to-day basis. They work so well. So I need help to do it. I can change. I believe that I can. Now, there's friends of mine who don't like the C word. That's cool with that. Um, I'll use the word, maybe say, uncover. I believe I can uncover the real me, get all this shit out of the way, but I need help to do it. You know, my upper body strength is fucking, you know, but yeah, I can't do it by myself, uh, which makes sense. But I used to think that, you know, I had to have a higher power. So I would be using, well, you know, the universe or this or that or the other. Well, Here's the deal for me today, and it could change. Um, I have a three shits philosophy. I'm gonna put it on a cup. I'm gonna put it on a on a on a t-shirt. Um, and the first one is that um, I don't know shit. I don't know shit, and I don't need to know shit. That's the corollary to that. If I do need to know something, I can Google it. Um, and that's freeing. That's freeing because I only have to know a little bit about what's in front of me. And then make sure that I have people around who, who know a little bit more about it than me, maybe. Um, 
So I don't know shit. Uh, I don't believe shit. Nothing. Zero. I mean, uh, if I was like, I don't take anything for uh, that. It's a given. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that, that the earth is round, but I mean, like, I don't know who cares. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me if it's round or flat or oblong or obtuse or um, cylindrical or, um, you know, shaped like a dildo or who knows. I don't know. I mean, obviously it's round, but the point is I'm coming from a place where I don't need to cling to that. It's about the clinging for me. Um, and, uh, because, you know, that was with the God thing. That was one of them. I thought, you know, it was like, well, I got to pick the right religion. I mean, I got to, you know, cause otherwise I'm going down this path and it's like, you know, or does it not matter if it doesn't matter to God, then like, you know, who cares? Right. And all that, all that stuff that probably a lot of us, we go through those kind of thoughts. And, um, I, uh, so I freed myself from that and, 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 you know, or to know what's right. Like, Oh, I got, you know, I paid too much for this. Uh, I'm not going to pay too much for this muffler or whatever it is. that literally happened to me with, you know, I, I paid a certain amount. My dad, you know, said, how much did you pay? And I said, told him that. And he said, well, and so we went there to the guy I was in my twenties and we went there to the car shop. And my dad was basically you know well you took advantage of this young fellow and all that and i'm sitting there like i'm a fucking potted plant you know and i and um embarrassed and so for years after whenever my dad asked me how much something costs i would have to chop 50 or 100 bucks off of it you know and that is no way to fucking live so eventually i was i learned that i could actually say i'd rather not say well that's none of your business i had no fucking idea i could do that you know so these are some of the things that i've learned along the way so I don't believe shit. And with the higher power thing, um, well, I'll get back to that in a minute. Um, I don't, I don't uh, know shit. I don't believe shit. So if I'm, if I'm operating from a, a place where I don't, there's no belief that I'm clinging to. There's nothing that's, um, I mean, you know, gravity. Okay. Fair enough. But most of the stuff doesn't affect me one way or the other. If I, if I go one way or the other in politics, if I go, I come from the, um, the, the Groucho Marx school of, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would have me as a member. Um, <clears throat> I resist. Um, I, uh, you know, that's just what I am. That's what I do. And I love it. So it, I can continuously question things. Um, so instead of thinking like, you have to get all this stuff together. Now I re I'm like, I don't have to get shit together not at all, you know? And that way I'm, I'm not concerned. And the, and the, the last thing is, um, I don't, I don't know shit. I don't believe shit and I don't give a shit, which means I'm not concerned about a lot of the stuff that I used to be concerned with. It's, it has a lot to do with, you know, controlling or not controlling people, places and things and all that. Okay. Fair enough. I really am like, a, oh, I used to say I was like a dog sniffing the ass of life, but I'm, out, I'm, I'm coming out of that phase now. I'm, I'm actually putting a little bit of sort of structure in my life. You know, I'm, I'm kind of ready for that. I needed, I needed that bit for a season though, but now I'm kind of like, but, but aside from, you know, showing up at work and blah, 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 um, it's going to be my structure, of course, you know, and, uh, and I'm not going to cling to it. Um, all the stuff that, uh, that I used to, you know, there's a whole lot of tools that are out there where I could beat the shit out of myself for not doing this out of the other thing. Um, and there, and so much of them are external, uh, sources, uh, or, internal ones that, that started external, but I haven't, I have incorporated them. So I threw all those fuckers away. 
basically. And um, uh, so higher power deal. I was trying to, I was trying to fit 10 pounds of shit in a five pound sack is what I was doing. Um, because I was like, well, wiggling this way and that way, but what's my higher power? It could be the group or it could be this, it could be that. Well, here's where I'm at today. I don't, I don't accept the concept. It's, it's of no use to me, no importance to me. The whole thing, you know, if I was to translate it, it's simply this. Um, I need help with some things sometimes or even most times. That's it. That's the essence for me of what that step is about. Step two. Okay, uh, there's hope. I see these people. They've done it. I think they have. They're not, you know, they're not putting me on, are they? I mean, I literally did think after the first couple of weeks, I was walking out of a an AA meeting. I thought to myself, what, what if they're all going to go out and get drunk? And like, I'm the one who's staying so they're all playing a fucking joke on me, you know? That's funny. That's funny because the world revolves around me, right? Anyway, <clears throat> so. Uh, step three, where I was sort of on that step, literally uh, outside of the, the the place where I was working, and um, I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. I did that then, but what did I actually do? When I get to the essence of it, what, what was it that I actually did? And I will say that I did this. I trust the recovery process. That means I'm going to do some stuff. I'm trusting it. I'm going in. I'm in it to win it. And uh, so I was off and running. You know, did the four-step like Joe and Charlie says and with the columns and the big book and all that. <clears throat> Very valuable. If you're going to do four-step, you know, that's a good way to do it. I used to think that that's how you have to do it or else you're going to get drunk. I don't believe that anymore. <clears throat> there's a lot who still do. Um, I remember reading, you know, seeing online that, you know, there's the California one where they have like a series of a bunch of different questions about your childhood. It's almost like sitting on the, on the psychiatrist couch or something like that. And back when I was a true believer, I was like, well, you know, <laughs> there's California. Those guys, <laughs> like, you know, they don't have real sobriety, blah, blah, blah. You know? So yeah, I was one of those guys, you know? Um, <laughs> so. For step four, for me, basically, what was it that I did when I wrote down those things? Um, I take rigorous inventory of myself to reveal maladaptive patterns of thought and behavior. It is about the patterns, <clears throat> you know. Um, and the thing that I thought was cool, too, is that, you know, the 12 steps are written in a we. We did this. We did this. We did this. And, and I get it. You know, <clears throat> there's a. It's a we program and all that, you know, I, I, I get what that's all about. But um, what me and my friend decided is that because it, it seemed to pop up a lot, we said, hey, let's try Let's let's basically make each of those um, I statements. I mean, they're always telling us to use I statements, aren't they? And because I'm the motherfucker that's got to do it. So what am I going to do? OK, even if I ask for help, I have to ask for help. OK. Um, step five, I share with another human or person, I share with another person is the word we have here, my authentic self, warts and all, to enhance connection. 
another thing we decided is that like we weren't just going to say what but in a lot of these why we're doing it why and that because that brings it it brings a full circle around it makes it more memorable it's not just like something i have to do like okay you do a formal fifth step sure that's great do it man um it helps you it helps the other person absolutely i've, I've benefited from that numerous times and um if if i'm if if that's it you know i mean i know step 10 11 and 12 are sort of the maintenance steps but for me <clears throat> and and i know a lot of us look at this in terms of principles you know there's like white bison has the one word uh version of the steps for each step there's a principle behind it and um you know i'm skeptic i'm a skeptic i'm a skeptic about principles like well i don't know i work you know i i have principles not like i'm like, well you know what uh i'm not going to live or die to any on any kind of motherfucking principle you know bottom line is that life is fluid um it is not black and white very 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 rarely it's all the colors of the rainbow in between and so nuance and uh situational things to me they can make a difference um <clears throat> however having said that um when i've done the the steps in a formal way and and i and i can respect those that want to do it in the formal way because it's like well you know it's like ticking the box you know um it's like collecting all the albums of a group it's like well i want to you know do this um and uh but i i i work the principle i find myself doing it um the principle behind that which is sharing my authentic self to another person and knowing that it's enhancing connection that's exactly what the fuck happens so when i share in a meeting or when i'm just talking with a bunch of uh, drunks or then you have to be drunks if i'm just talking with someone outside of aa and 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 being vulnerable and and, and sharing myself and I'm enhancing connection. That's good for me. It's good for my sobriety. It's good for my recovery. I talk about sobriety, you know, but sobriety is like, you know, I'm recovering. I'm in recovery. Um, recovering, recovered. You know, I could say, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Recovered from alcohol? Recovered from a hopeful, hopeless state of mind or body? I don't know. Don't care. Don't know. Um, those are just words. I do know that I'm, I am recovering from the human experience. Um, and uh that all of us have and then there's just a bunch of other things mixed in so that is definitely what i'm recovering from and um i'm 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 in a minute with a bunch of which with a bunch of uh folks and uh <clears throat> that's that's exactly where i am and it's exactly where i where i want to be um so getting on to step six you know and <clears throat> We talk about, you know, being ready, you know, it's like, well, I think, I think what Bill was doing, I mean, there's obviously, you know, religious connection as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a neat package. I think that if he would have gone decimal, it might've been a little bit better. He probably could have, you know, <clears throat> but it's like, um, I don't know. It's like a lot of albums <clears throat> that have a couple of shit tunes on them. Unnecessary, you know, filler. So, but having said that, I can appreciate the act of being willing a couple of times because it is important. I just think it could have been combined in, 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 in with the step, but you know, who the fuck am I? I'm just one dude yapping, you know, <laughs> you work your program. Okay. Um, this, I'm just sharing with, you know, what's, what's worked for me. 
and what is working for me now. And it wasn't what worked for me two years or 10 years or 20 years ago, or what worked then isn't going to work now. It's got to, it's, I got to do what's right at this point in time. Cause I'm, you know, I'm going through a lot of different things and I'm getting older and I'm doing all this stuff. So number six is I am willing and ready to let go of my harmful thought and behavior patterns, willing to let go of them. <clears throat> so I'm not willing to have them removed. There's nobody going to remove them. It's me having to let go of them. One of my favorite phrases, it's, it's a take on one of the uh, AA sayings, I guess, is let go. I don't need to say the rest of it. It's irrelevant. Okay. Uh, seven. I'm not humbly asking anyone to remove anything. Like I said, I learn and practice positive thought and behavior patterns. So in number six, I'm willing and ready to let them go because I found out what they were <clears throat> in step four. I talked with somebody about them in step five. Number six is I'm ready and willing to let them go. That's important. Um, because if I if I sit around waiting for some motherfucker to take them away from me, it ain't going to happen. What happens is, I think, is that over time, I haven't even necessarily let them go because, you know, a lot of us talk about how, you know, well, the character defects are still there after 20, 30 years. And yeah, I know they are kind of, but um, if we're asking for somebody to take them away, um, we're not actively actually letting them go. Um, what happens is we replace them with other things. And I think that's what, what works for most people. It's what worked for me. That's what I did is I learned these new behavior and thought patterns and they replace the old ones. Okay. But I think it's important for me to consciously let go. Eight. I make a list of all I may have harmed. Not all persons. Could be animals, could be the earth, whatever. I make a list of all I may have harmed. And number nine is I make things right without causing more harm. What does make things right mean? A lot of, a lot of, a lot of ways one could look at that. And that's... That would be up to the individual. And again, see, I, what I'm talking about is I'm not saying that these are steps that you should work or anybody else should work. It's These are the steps that were as understood and a, approved by me and my bud when we did it. You know, if, if you like them or you can get something from it, awesome. Um, but I certainly wouldn't um, pretend to, to say that they're going to work for everybody because everyone has their own approach and that approach often changes with time. And that's been my experience. Number 10. So these are the maintenance steps, 10, 11, 12. 10, I review my thoughts and behaviors and make revisions to enhance my personal growth. That means I'm looking at, at them. I'm reviewing them. Could be daily. Daily is helpful, you know. Um, page 86 through 88 in the, in the, in the book is one of the, one of the most helpful things I think that's in there. Practic practicality, you know, you don't have to pray to a God or do da, 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 or any of this stuff, but looking, uh, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. Right. Um, looking at 
doing an assessment, doing a roses and thorns of your day, it's not a bad idea. Um, I used to do it a lot. I hardly ever do it now. Um, but I used to do it a lot. Um, and I think it's important to do it in, especially in early recovery. Um, I guess once you've been doing it for a while and you're doing things differently and all that kind of stuff, not a lot of shit pops up. So it's a lot more sort of a spot cleaning thing for me these days anyway. Um, also outside sidebar here too, is that, um, having a sponsor, I think it's, I think it's a good idea to have a sponsor when you first get into the program, because it's like you, you're entering a new country where they speak a different language and they do things differently. And, and so having a sponsor, like when you do that, you know, someone shows you around where to get the bread and the milk and uh, where the police station is, where the library is and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, and, and that's helpful. And then eventually you sort of integrate and you kind of, you kind of get it, you know, your way, and then you can sponsor someone else. You can help someone else. I mean, that's what's going on. It's there's no fucking magic in my estimation. It's just simple. It's just practicality. It makes sense. Now I've been doing this for 35 fucking years. I don't have a sponsor. There's no fucking need one. I know how this shit works. What do I need a sponsor for now? Um, I just need to hang around with some peeps that will support me and help me maybe see things from a different perspective. Cause I have blind spots. I don't need people to call me on my shit per se. Um, not that that's anything wrong with that. Some people need that. I get it. You know, totally, you know, um, whip me, beat me for sure, man. And the guardrails that, that people have in this program coming in, you know, they, there's, there are a lot of folks that need to be told what to do because otherwise they're just fucking lost. I get it. hundred percent. Do it, man. Um, that would not have worked for me. And it, 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 you know, I needed a little different approach. And that's the beauty of it is you can find someone as a sponsor, you know, who's going to have your approach and they're not fucking sacred, you know? And, uh, you know, I know it's like asking someone out to the prom or whatever, you know, it's all that, that's all bullshit, mystique, mystery stuff, you know, just, you know, it's just people helping each other out, you know? Um, but I know there's sponsors out there. It's like, Oh, you, you know, you do this every two days and call me up and, da, 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 and all that kind of thing. And some people need that. Like I said, some people need that. Um, <clears throat> wouldn't work with me. Like I said, um, but, uh, yeah, so I just have folks that are able to, um, help me see things from another perspective when I'm, when I'm having a, when I'm having a hard time and that's golden. Um, so I've reviewed my thoughts and behaviors and made revisions to enhance my personal growth. Number 11 is I meditate and improve conscious contact with my authentic self reality as it is presented to me and I'm interpreting it three and others to determine and take the best path forward. So I am meditating and improving my conscious contact with my authentic self reality as it presents itself and others. So meditation is huge. When I first got in, I did some guided meditations. I was into the new age thing, reading a lot of Emmett Fox, doing a lot of, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> that kind of thing. And it was good and it was helpful. Um, and, uh, but it was interesting because the way my alcoholic mind work and I, you know, I'm a completist, I'm a perfectionist in a lot of ways. At least I was then I'm definitely not now all the time, 
But um, I had to do the 12 powers of the mind and I had to do the meditation with them. And then I had to write in my journal. And if I missed a day, then I was like behind. And and it's like, uh, I can't, I, you know, um, but the reality is I could just, just pick up where you're at. Just pick up where you're at. If, you, if you've got any kind of daily routines or whatever kind of thing, don't worry about it. Just pick up where you're at and do it and do it, whatever it is. Uh, that's what I realized. So I, um, my son, Zach turned me on to some, uh, Zazen stuff, Atlanta Soto Zen center. So, uh, just sitting is, is one of my favorite things to do. I do it a lot. I do it with some people. <clears throat> I do it alone. I do some guided meditation, but definitely I gotta be quiet. And, um, I remember my, uh, because my mind was so busy. One thing my sponsor told me in the first year of sobriety was he said, try this. He said, just sit, just sit for like five minutes without like, you know, grabbing a book or, you know, because I was always having to occupy my mind. I was always having to, to not think or feel about whatever it was, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, just diversion is, is my middle name. You know, that's what I, that's what I learned all, all through the years. And within a minute or two, I was weeping like a baby, you know, it was like, I wasn't replacing and diverting the actual feelings were coming up and I was feeling them. I didn't know what the fuck to do. with them. You know, I ended up going to a rehab at a year plus sober because the anesthetic had worn off and all I had, I had all these feelings and shit, you know, I went to this place up in Montreal where we did a kind of a new age thing. It was sort of 12 step. We, um, uh, we did, did them formally again. We did a lot of talk therapy and a lot of group stuff. And, um, it was huge. It was a big boost charge for my, uh, for my recovery and, uh, <clears throat> learned a lot there, you know? Um, so even, I mean, uh, uh, meditation is, is, is huge for me. Um, and this conscious contact with, um, if, if I'm in contact with my authentic self and a way to do that is by journaling, uh, by sitting, um, and, uh, other people, that's where the connection piece comes in and reality as it is. I mean, that's a serenity prayer. Basically it's accepting things as they are. And, you know, a lot of friends of mine say, you know, acceptance is not approval. And that's certainly true. Um, my version of the word acceptance there just means basically um, it is what it is. The question I have to now ask is, is there anything I can do about it? What is it? Uh, and should I do it? Should I wait? Not doing is it's huge for me as well, because a lot of shit resolves itself. Now, that's that's not this, you know, the other end of that spectrum is, you know, the spiritual bypassing to where if I um, if I pretend it isn't there, it'll go away. I when, when we were in Bermuda, I bought a car and like within three weeks, the transmission was fucked. Um, and um, that's because there's a lot of hills in Bermuda. And this is an automatic transmission. And so we were there for like another two years and that car fucking sat in the yard. I mean, I could have sold it. I could have got it fixed. I just didn't want to know. So I, I do that. Um, my son does that too. He has this, we've got a scooter he's had since he was like 15. It's still sitting in our driveway and he's 30. And um, good thing we don't have a homeowner's association. They'd be, they'd be kicking my ass out, but that was one of the prerequisites for where, where I'm living. Ain't going to do that. Anyway, um, getting back to the, uh, conscious contact. Um, so looking at, 
um, what I can do and what I cannot do, and then doing nothing if needs to be. Very important. Stopping and just, you know, I used to think that I would have to get involved in everything. I'd have to orchestrate everything. And, you know, the big book talks about all that stuff too. Um, but I don't. Not at all. Because I don't give a shit. And uh, step 12. I continue to grow by moving through the recovery process. And I share my experience with others to improve the process. Um, am I improving the process for AIDS or the organization? You know, I don't know. Me, pretty much. Because that's, that's who I'm, I'm here for. I'm here for me, you know. Um, one of the phrases that we say is a newcomer is the most important person in, in the room. And that is, in a way, very true. And I, I don't, um, you know, that, you see, our black and white thinking would say that, you know, well, if the newcomer is the most important, then nobody else is important. No, nobody said that. Well, um, you know, uh, like, what? Where's, let me throw my, let me put my importance meter on them. It's like, oh, oh, they're a 9.9. Fuck. You know, I'm only a four. What the fuck? That's not what's happening. Um, because what I like to say is that I'm the most important person in the room. And that has to be true for me. Now, another friend I have uses that spoons analogy that, you know, a lot of us, if you have enough spoons in the drawer, um, that means you're in a place where you can help others, where you can look at the newcomer as the most important person in the room. Because I can look at the newcomer as the most important person in the room if I'm, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't want to deal with my shit, but here, let me help this newcomer, you know. And not that that's a bad thing because it'll help. But if I'm not working on my shit, you know, nobody wins. Um, so, um, so that that's uh, the 12 steps for me at this point in time. And, and, and my pal um, subject to change. I know that I, what I've had to do over the years um, because of the rigidity. Um, uh, and here's the thing. It's like, I'll talk about God like he exists. Okay. Um, nothing wrong with God. It's the people, right? Same thing with, uh, with AA, you know, AA is perfect. It really is. A, it's, 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 it's just about as close to perfect as you can get. Um, I try not to use absolutes, um, but uh, it's the people in it, you know, and that's always the case, you know, um, because um, a lot of the stuff. And when we come in, we have black and white thinking that's pretty typical. So we, we, interpret the program that way. That's pretty typical. Some people just continue along that way. And what I can share with you is that I have benefited by <clears throat> not continuing that way or not necessarily continuing anyway, doing what works until it stops working, but not necessarily assuming it'll never work again. It might work again. Just what's, what's working for me now? What's the job that I'm doing? What tools do I have? Am I using a screwdriver to, to, you know, pound a nail? What, why? Um, I, let me put it over here. I might need it later. That's fine. Character defects. I don't know. That's weird language. That's bullshit. You know, uh, sinner saint, you know, need to be saved salvation stuff. I don't cotton to any of that stuff. I had maladaptive thought and behavior patterns that were honed through a, a series of beliefs inculcated 
watched, seen others. A lot of a lot of kids' beliefs they get. Nobody tells them this. They just interpret it. You know, I mean, my parents never said, "I don't care about you. I don't love you." And um, I'm not concerned with you. And what you say isn't important to me. They never said that. That's just what I got from them by their actions. And I interpreted it. Mostly, maybe some wrong, you know? Um, so uh, that that idea of, uh, you know, the filtering and the way that I see it, I thought the program had to be worked in a certain way. I thought it was a box that you you put your life into, you know? And I, I did that for five or 10 years. And then, like a lot of folks, somewhere between 10 and 20 years, you keep doing that and you want to fucking kill yourself. And you wonder, what, what the fuck is wrong? Why is this not working? Why is this wrong? Whatever. Da, da, da. And it ain't me. It ain't the program either. <clears throat> it's the rigidity of my understanding of this program and maybe everything else. That's where I took it. I took it with the everything else thing. That's why I don't cling. I don't give a shit. Um, I don't know shit. I don't believe shit. And that's what's working for me now. So we'll see. I will report from time to time. When it stops working, I'll try something else. Because I hear a lot of stuff from you guys. All kinds of good stuff. Yeah, always trying new things, you know, seeing how it works. That's that's my gig. That's where I'm at for today. And uh, I thank Mark and I thank uh, Tommy. Um, for uh, for asking me and for running the meeting. Um, it's been a while since I've done it here. This is good. You know, I, I figure I was due. Usually I get tired of my own fucking, you know, voice. So when that happens, I take a break, but I'm due. So this is good. Anyway, I don't know if it helped you. I, I figure it probably did, but it certainly helped me. And that's why I'm here. Anyway, peace out. Bless up. I'll stay out of trouble. That's what Mark says.